contract working and the flexibility that brings will absolutely be a must at some point in their career. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Talking Recruitment Podcast. It's your host, Neil Carberry here, and I'm about to serve up some thought-provoking discussion with the leading voices in the sector. Keep listening as we delve into the hottest issues in recruitment and staffing right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast of 2023. My name is Neil Carberry, the REC Chief Executive. And when you start a new year, it's great to be thinking about the future. And we're going to be digging in with our guest today into some thinking about the future world of work, which I'm sure will be a fascinating discussion as we launch into the new year though just a couple of uh, key points uh, from REC HQ virtual though REC HQ is at the moment because we're in the midst of an office move um, as we go into the the new year clearly uh, most members uh, subscriptions will be renewing you should have had all the details of that by now but do talk to your account manager not just about your renewal but how the REC can support you through uh, the the next year and if you don't know who your account manager is just drop me an email at neil at rec.uk.com and we can get that conversation uh, set, uh, set up here at the rec going into the year we're thinking about two really big themes one is how the market will change and how we support rec members to understand how to make their business successful in that period we've got lots of new and exciting things coming down the track on that building on some of the things we were doing in the autumn with for instance our helping future proof your recruitment business guide but we also need to talk to the world outside the industry so lots of work uh, talking to clients to government to the media about the way the labor market now is and how recruitment needs to change the sort of slightly hackneyed phrase of it's not 2015 anymore is really important in terms of talking to all our clients about uh, the way the industry is changing and on that theme we've come into the new year really on full bore politically you know uh, in the week before the uh, recording of this podcast, we had a launch speech from Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, and then the next day from Keir Starmer, the leader of the opposition. And that's a real signal that we're in the long general election campaign now, heading to a general election, which will certainly be next year in 2024. And the parties are already starting to position for it. Lots of our work here at the RC starting to talk to the parties about their manifestos. But we're also looking at uh, some specific bits of pressure on uh, clients and on the industry over Christmas and the new year. We saw a lot of coverage about agency costs in social work and then in the NHS, which the REC had to be really robust about in explaining the situation and also setting out a path to delivering sustainable, affordable services in, in the long run. You'll have noticed in the press coverage, if you picked up, the REC was prominently quoted. And if you'd like an insight into what we're saying uh, over the course of Christmas, I put down my uh, my turkey sandwich and uh, uh, put a piece on LinkedIn, which is linked from the REC uh, social feeds uh, about, uh, about this. And it's worth a read if you're servicing the NHS, social care or social work. Lots of work upcoming on this. For instance, in social work, we've got a roundtable with members and the Department for Education in a couple of weeks' time to look at how we can support what is uh, a, a really challenged uh, part of the public 
sector. So lots going on there, looking broader than the than the campaigning side and supplying the public sector. Lots and lots of discussion about our economic path going into 2023. Actually, some more optimism uh, now than maybe we, we had it in late November or early December. Our report on jobs came out on the 10th of January. That shows the picture overall. And I think it does show that slightly more positive outlook than perhaps uh, some of the narrative in the media has uh, has suggested. We'll wait and see how that plays through as we come into January and maybe some of that activity that was pushed back by clients in December starts to either go or not go. But broadly, the this is a year, I think, of opportunity for recruiters because we still have this super tight labour market. So clients are under pressure. Of course they are in a, in a less uh, strong economy. But there's clearly a lot out there for us to get our teeth into. And the goal of the REC this year, very much to help you make the most of the opportunities that exist and this podcast is one of the many ways in which we do that so thank you again for your support and now let's turn to our guest for today i'm delighted to welcome back to the podcast uh, mark thompson uh, the group head of sales for solivate mark welcome back to the rec podcast Thanks very much, Neil. Fantastic to be here and Happy New Year to you. Well, Happy New Year to you too. I mean, many podcast listeners who are regulars will know I'm a fan of Heart Midlothian. We won the Edinburgh Derby, so my new year is already made. Um, we're going to talk today a bit about the future of work and you know, it's the right time of year to be talking about this stuff. I know some of it are really interested in this and you've just done this future world of work research that you're that you're launching. Tell us a little bit about the research and then maybe we'll dig into some of the interesting things you're finding. Yeah, fantastic, Neil. So this will be the second year and second edition of our report. Um, we launched last year an event at the London Stock Exchange and actually interestingly we have our, our second event launch next uh, week at the Gherkin. Um, the, the report is very much based around looking into the present, the near future, the long-term future and it spends a good amount of time getting and garnering data and insight from around 5,000 different sources of which about 4,000 of those, 4,500 of those will be individuals that have a relationship with the world of work, the future world of work, you know, influencers um, and the like. And then also we spend uh, a bit of time um, around circa 500 direct engagement with businesses and business leaders themselves as well. And we kind of top a lot of that off as well with other sources of data and insight that we garner from our own inside technology, but also from the market as well. And so it's a pretty comprehensive report looking and mapping the trends, the feedback um, and what we expect to happen um, in the future world of work. And obviously, naturally, we launched um, officially this report a year or so ago. This is the second year, as I mentioned. And what an interesting time to be launching this with all of the um, changes in the environment that we've got at the moment. Well, absolutely. I mean, you think about the short term challenges, but I mentioned some of the politics in the intro, but obviously we've still got events in Ukraine playing out and that has a direct impact on our economy. And in the long term, we've got the impact of climate and the and the green and net zero transition. So there's a whole slew of things here. And when I was uh, thinking about our discussion today, one of the thoughts that was on my mind was um, one that I quite often have with our 
our research at the REC as well, which is if you're looking out from today at the future world of work, that's an ocean. And no, you can't really boil the ocean. So how are you defining the flexible future of work that you're particularly interested in in your report? And what are maybe one of the two really interesting nuggets that this year's uh, report has thrown up? I always like to people to ask people what surprised them when they uh, when they saw a piece of data. So talk to me about your definition of where your focus for the research is and then maybe pick out one or two interesting bits of data that have raised your eyebrows as you've rightly said there's there's tons of really interesting stuff in this um i think in regards to and certainly timely at the moment in regards to the future world of work there is a heavy level of flexibility is the word that's used a lot right um and so when we talk about flexibility we're talking about a kind of quasi hybrid of of the future world of work and this can be anything from the location that somebody is working in, the amount of time that they spend in a role. I mean, you've seen in the press more recently, the four-day working week. This would be the types of roles that they do, the amount of roles that they do. And so there's definitely, when we talk about uh, the future world of work, we definitely have this strong angle of flexibility that links to the hybrid nature of the work that the candidate or the individual is doing. I think the second core part of that then is the technology uh, part of that and that's both the technology that's required to be effective in a flexible workplace but also the technology that is being brought in to allow people to be effective and efficient in this kind of new world of work and i think that is also wrapped up into what is probably and interestingly this shift of not just it being a, a kind of um, a candidate market, but actually a shift in this kind of entrepreneurial spirit and passion around doing what you love to do in an environment that actually arguably is quite adverse to being entrepreneurial because of the risks that are associated with that. So uh, to kind of summarise that into a couple of points, then it would be the flexibility that sits around hybrid, the kind of tech driven nature, and then that kind of entrepreneurial spirit that comes through. Um, and that links a little bit to this kind of people's desire to not necessarily believe they have to be employed whereby they can now do be freelance they can be gig they can be contingent they can do all of these things and it's far easier for them to do that i think linked to that drawing out some of the uh the most interesting things um and obviously naturally as part as, as we as we see from the report, then people now expect, obviously, this flexibility is key to their decision making, as probably one expects. I think that the core draws out of this is, is that, that from the interviews and from the data that we garnered, 60% of the businesses that we spoke to had actually said that members of their existing permanent staff were asking to move to temporary or contract positions, which is very very different to it's a move up from what we even saw last year and aligned to that a huge jump in um what the uh, report shows an increase actually from about 35 percent of last year is that 46 percent of individuals say that contract working and the flexibility that brings will absolutely be a must at some point in their career and so there's a there's a there's a genuine um desire but also a genuine realization that in previously employed people want to move to not only this flexible hybrid but move in a certain way on a kind of contingent basis so i think those are two things that certainly 
you know, came out, you know, not necessarily a surprise, but the significant jump we've seen in the last kind of 12 months from the previous survey, I think this was really interesting. I think, you know, naturally aligned to that as well and kind of underpinning that is that 67, 68% of the businesses have seen, you know, a growing proportion of contingent workers uh, being used within their workforces. Now, naturally, you might say, well, that's because of the environment. But actually, when you look at the spread across those businesses, then these are businesses that previously didn't use contingent workers as well. And so naturally, it plays a little bit into the skills shortage, possibly the market seeing, and the fact that it's a candidate marker. But we're seeing not just verbal requests for change, actual change in these businesses as well. That's really interesting, and um, we're definitely we, you know, we're definitely seeing evidence in REC data in the autumn of firms reacting to the skills shortage by increasing their use of flexible labour because that's what was available to them, and because they see that that can be delivered at quality. Um, what I find fascinating about your data, though, is that message from the the workforce side the candidate side around not even more than not viewing contractors in any way uh less positive than uh than substantive ongoing employment but actually going out and seeking some opportunities in that in that regard because i do think in a lot of our debate about work we we tend to kind of subscribe to an old-fashioned hierarchy of how we think about things and that's absolutely not what we are seeing uh, you know in the introduction to this podcast i talked about the nhs and 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 challenges with staffing the nhs and we are definitely seeing nurses and doctors choosing to work as an agency not for higher pay but for more control of their hours greater flexibility and frankly better employment relations because um while you know practice in the NHS is by and large good from an HR point of view it is quite old-fashioned and one size fits all and that is not where many families are so there's definitely something in here about employers using flexibility more to address some of the shortages they face and that because the shortages are so tight even in this tough time um, greater confidence in uh, in candidates in going for non-permanent, um, more flexible roles, which ought to be net-net, a product- productivity positive for the UK economy. But it poses some interesting challenges, doesn't it? I mean, for instance, um, you know, my economics 101 would say that in a cost of living crisis, um, and, a, and a recession, you probably, if you're a, a substantive member of staff, you probably want to put down roots where you are, uh, rather than, in inverted commas, be taking a chance on uh, on freelancing. So that that feels almost a bit counterintuitive by comparison to traditional analyses. What's the research saying about that? What's your read of it, Mark? Yeah, fantastic question. And and I think um, what we're tending to see, um, and I, I certainly, uh, I, I think it was over half of individual respondents said they were pretty, pretty clear that particularly for the younger population is that people won't join companies that are inflexible okay so that that's the first thing so we, we when we talk about kind of 
skill shortages and then finding the right workers for your business and then having all of these other elements in and i think what people are doing is they're certainly stepping back and saying what is the most effective way to find the talent rather than necessarily what what you know what did we know of old and so when some of these stats come out it's kind of the proof is in the pudding in the fact that what people are saying is we have to think differently about the way in which we can obtain the skills and actually net net why does it really matter if we get a permanent member of staff versus a contingent or a temporary member of staff, if those skills will be will be delivered and you know the work will be completed as needed, I think the other interesting angle we've seen in this is that um, obviously the, this kind of the side hustle mentality has been been growing over the last two three years, and so people are now have the ability to dip their feet and their hands into you know freelancing on the side of the desk until such a time as it gives them the confidence and the ability to move and naturally being at home you know maybe being on furlough for a period of time or whatever it might have been has given people this ability to actually take the move without taking the move which has given them the confidence to say actually this can really really work likewise naturally um then some people have had to move into that because they've had to move into it um and so you've kind of got a really interesting environment where um, you know, the research is kind of saying people have taken more chance to move towards it and actually seen better outcomes from doing it. Um, I think when uh, it, we're talking about employers um, competing for roles, because we, you know, there is, a, there is a candidate market, we understand that there's a talent shortage, you know, it's not necessarily thinking about uh, the drive of how much salary you can pay because obviously naturally there's only so far businesses can go to pay but also there becomes a point where actually it's more than that and so um, certainly a very very high proportion um, of businesses that were, inter- were interviewed and, and provided feedback understand that the most skilled people and highly skilled people will, will now really only work under conditions that suit them because they have this choice and that plays into even you know kind of contract negotiations around the ability to be hybrid to do other jobs to be able to um, take control of what work they do and you know a high proportion once again we're talking the 60 percent here um are saying that flexibility now is crucial when it comes to competing in in skilled roles um and it has to complement salaries noting that you know uh they can only go so far as i mentioned before so yeah it's 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 a super kind of interesting chasm of different things that are going on but but fundamentally what has come out of this is that you have to now go into this thinking flexibly thinking about the way in which you can engage you know workers across the suite of ways you can put people into your business and if you don't have that strategy the high likelihood is you are going to miss the ability to find the skills that you need to fill the roles or even possibly worse, not to be able to fill them at all. So there's a top down and a bottom up thing here, isn't there? The top down thing is uh, what what skills do we want to to hire permanently? What skills do we want to take flex and contract? What skills do we want to develop at entry level? But then a second layer sits across that, which is, well, we're not the only people who have power to decide here the workforce themselves will have some power to decide what they want so you have to then think flexibly about what your offer is after it's in the field that has big challenges for employers and therefore puts recruiters in a really interesting position doesn't it because 
effectively you know we we talk about ourselves as matchmakers but essentially that those kind of human skills of finding the right person who's interested in the right things to go to the right company with the right offer that's where the magic happens even more so in this world is that is that your takeaway for recruiters what else what 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 else would you be saying this research suggests that recruiters should be thinking about yeah i mean i couldn't agree on agree more neil i mean it's an absolutely great opportunity for recruiters and i think you make the point there but just to kind of you know just to pull on that thread is is that what we're kind of saying is is that there has to be a way to attract and retain talent by um understanding the flexibility and requirements of that that workforce or that worker or that candidate and so as businesses and they are opening up more contract roles they need um their the support from an agency from a recruiter to be able to ascertain and understand what level of flexibility is required in that role and it's made arguably even more complex for employers than it previously was because rather than for example recruiting locally in an area they've now got the expanse of the UK or even internationally to recruit as well and so you know we're talking to uh, we talk to businesses we talk to employers where it, the feedback is is we, there's no way in a million years that we're going to be able to resource internally the ability to find talent particularly in a, in a in a short market in these areas without the support of for example agencies as uh, and and the industry itself the recruitment industry itself to support on that I think once again that that deeper digging in regards to that being a candidate market then those 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 better conversations that the recruitment industry would have with with candidates will allow them to feel like they are being listened to in regards to that flexibility and also be able to push them towards the roles that are most effective for them and i think you know where where employers arguably sit now is just that little bit higher up that goes okay so let's think a little bit more about a more generic kind of perk package so this would be things like you know i mentioned before the four-day week or you know holiday policies or you know the likes of the way in which they can kind of create this kind of corporate value allowing you know the the recruitment industry to really fill the gap in regards to more contract roles being open but finding the right candidate and then allowing that flexibility to be played into that business to make sure they get the best talent um you know We've seen it as a business, as a financial technology business that that sits in the centre of this in the, in the recruitment industry is, is that we know that contract roles are good for the industry. We you know we've we've lent more than we've ever lent, and you know it's it's is a huge part of this, and we just don't see it it slowing down. So let's take this together, right? Um, this because it's a bit of a different narrative to the one that maybe you're getting out of the kind of the more general media about the labour market right now and that's not a criticism of them they're not specialists you know one of the things I lament is the loss of loss of proper uh, employment journalists in the last 25 years which is why you know you're not getting the sort of coverage of the current strikes that that I think they probably uh, that we probably should have but essentially the message here is that you know while the economy looks a bit weaker going into this year the shortages are going to keep demand high and there is in your work a clear suggestion that the workforce is thinking much more openly about different flexible forms of engagement and that companies by shortage are being forced that way so you know for recruiters that's an optimistic story in terms of how we do our bit of boosting the productivity of the country and uh, and and get people to work um 
lots of this though relies on some of the changes that we slightly fell into in 2020 coming home to roost you know that idea of proper hybrid working different forms of flexibility this so far has been entirely tech enabled you know who knows what the covid pandemic would have been like if it happened in 2003 rather than in 2020 um where does the role of tech go from here in terms of supporting this much more flexible much more uh multifaceted world of employment yeah um yeah great question so i I think um you know, and we see it as a business as well, right? We've got a, we've moved to a, a hybrid model, but certainly from the report as well is, is that we kind of base it around, I suppose, three three core parts. And so one of the things certainly is the kind of connectedness of the way in which you engage your workforce, your culture, but also um, the way in which the industry works together as well. And so it's it's it's. It's interesting because what we've possibly moved, like you said, you've been pushed into using a, a need for technology because you haven't been able to work together. And now I think where businesses clearly are getting more adept at is, is using the right technology for the environments that they require and the way in which their work makes, you know, creates efficiency within that work as well. So it's 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 a case of it's, it's double-edged in a way is one we're looking at the businesses that use the technology to make sure they can actually obtain um grow you know retain their workforce and also attract talent as well by having this capability to be hybrid and to you know to support the future world of work but at the same time naturally also from a kind of i suppose from a recruitment point of view then then technology has improved um over that period of time there's more availability in regards to the way in which even for example the interviewing or onboarding process works within in those side side of things as well and so there's actually a really natural stream of connection between the candidate and the recruitment industry and then moving them into a business to 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 feel like they are in a place that will support what they require from a flexibility point of view so so i suppose summarizing that in a way what we've seen is, is the use of technology in a business to support workers that are in it but also where I suppose certain um, players within the recruitment industry have got incredibly clever is they've used technology to make sure that journey runs through into the business to, to secure the best candidates and create connectedness as they run through into that business and those workers work. I think from our point of view, then certainly naturally then there's a load of other stuff that sits around things like open finance and artificial intelligence and all those sorts of things that kind of then start thinking about the way in which you can play into both employed workers, but also contingent workers, temporary workers, freelancers within your business to make them feel part of the team. And we're seeing some really interesting stuff come through on that. And certainly, I think, you know, some of the data that came out of it shows just significant increases in take up of new types of technology that allow um, allow businesses to be able to do something and things that they didn't do before. And, and also naturally as well, the, the volume of investment that goes into that as well shows that it must be something they're thinking for the medium to long term because you know you wouldn't the businesses wouldn't be spending the money if they didn't believe in this they wouldn't be spending the money particularly in the time when um you know you mentioned the cost of living crisis and and the costs that are going up in in in, in, you know across the economy um as well so yeah connectedness the use of technology is 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 massive and but it all does come back to this point around the the ability to create efficient flexibility 
to get the best out of the workforce that you've got. And underlying that is not doing the technology and the people stuff in silos. You know, the, the tech piece will work because it's adopted by the individuals in the organisation. So making sure that the two go hand in hand is super important in terms of um, making sure what we what you change is not your tax your tech stack but your but your business and again that I think requires really good and engaging thought from the top of organisations and not just outsourcing all this to an HR lead or an IT lead um, you know proper some proper strategic thinking which I think is is going to be at the heart of every business's um, to do list this year I know it's certainly at the top of mind for the REC um uh this year uh mark that's been great um if people want to learn a bit more about the research read up on some of what you've been talking about where should they be uh looking yeah absolutely so we will have our event firstly and then what we will be able to do is we all you can either pick the report up from the son of eight website we obviously have a, a relatively wide reaching ability to send the report out as a download for people to obtain as well so that's probably the best way to pick it up and obviously naturally through socials um uh, and other social media as well as we'll give people the opportunity to obtain the report as well super thank you very much for that thanks for joining us again on the pod mark uh, if people want to catch up with you where they can where can they find you we've got a calendar of events uh, you know, linked to the recruitment industry over the coming months as well. Once again, best to to get onto sonovate.com and see us there to see what's coming up. But otherwise, we're, we're pretty on top of being involved in most of the stuff that's going on in the industry as well. So I'm sure we'll be, we'll be buzzing about everywhere, really. Neil. Super hopeful you'll be getting uh, drive-by handshakes and discussions as we see each other around the place uh, this spring. It's great to be going into another year where we can all get back together in person as well. Thank you again for today, Mark, and thank you to everyone who's tuned into this edition of Talking Recruitment. It's been uh, fantastic to join you here in 2023. If you've enjoyed this chat about the future of work, we had another recent one uh, with Richard Skellett, founder of the Globalution Group, uh, on digital transformation and the future of the labour market. Picked up many themes that are uh, different but resonant with the discussion we've just had with Mark. So we'll dig into that at the tail end of last last year episode 21 for 2022 if that's interesting uh or if you want a, a bigger picture look at what's ahead in 2023 kate Shoesmith, the rec chief exec deputy chief executive and i uh sat down and did the final episode of 2022 episode 22 for 2022 just before christmas looking ahead and all that and that's well worth your time as well Thank you again for joining us today and I look forward to you joining us again soon on another episode of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. Thank you for listening today. I hope you took away some valuable thoughts from this discussion. If you'd like to hear more, head to rec.uk.com forward slash Talking Recruitment or follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Simply search Talking Recruitment to find us.